Welcome, everyone, to the Towards Wholeness podcast. As many of you know, this podcast is for anyone longing for a better way forward in their journey toward wholeness. And maybe along the way, you've been discouraged because in your pursuit of spirit, soul, body, wholeness, you've been let down by the church or by other institutions. Our desire is to have conversations with people who are on that journey. And so I'm glad that you're joining us today. And I'm thrilled today to have a guest uh, who is also a friend, Kelsey Crozier. Kelsey uh, has a blog over at kelseyskitchen.com. We'll give you a link for that. She's a registered dietitian, a great writer, married to a great man, also a friend who's a great musician, and is the mom of uh, three little ones. Uh, From her blog, she writes that her passion is to help people eat well, stay active, and nourish their bodies, both spiritually, physically, and emotionally. That's exactly what we're about here at the Toward Holdest Podcast. So Kelsey, thanks so much for joining us today. Yes, thank you so much for having me. I'm thrilled to be a part of this. And when you say you have three little ones, tell us a little bit about how, th- how, how little and uh, a little bit about your journey as a mom at home. I have three kids. They are in, let's see, their even year this year, 10, 8, and 6. And this well, was supposed to be my sweet spot year where they were all attending the same school. They're all in elementary school. So my youngest started kindergarten, and then my oldest is in fifth grade, and then my middle is in third grade. I worked before until a couple years ago, I quit my job. I worked for about 10 years in a hospital, but have been home full time with them since. Um, And so this year, I was really looking forward to a year with them all in school. And surprise, surprise, it's not exactly panning out that way. (laughs) Yeah, because as we're talking today, we're in the middle of intense social isolation due to the COVID-19 virus that has swept the entire planet. And this is actually one of the reasons that it seems so appropriate to talk to you right now. We're doing a thing at Bethany Community Church, the church that I lead, uh, called Global Monastery, where we're trying to help encourage people to use this time as a, uh, like this time of kind of forced social isolation as a time to draw near to God. And so we're doing this daily offering of prayer and Bible reading that people can sign up for. But I think one of the challenges that uh, people in your situation face particularly is this. Wow, it sounds nice to have a global monastery, but my house is anything but a monastery right now (laughs) because of the intense activity more so than usual, by virtue of the kids all being at home. And so I kind of wanted to talk to you about how that's going for you. And so let's just first talk about the disruption of having kids at home all week long. How's that working? Oh, gosh. Okay, so I went back. This is just for my own sanity to see the last date that I had all three of my kids in school. It was officially February 29th. Our school district was the first to go out in Washington State. So we've kind of been doing this off again, on again, remote schooling. Then, wait, we need to regroup as the school district tries to figure out how to do that equally. So then I'm full-time homeschooling for a couple weeks, and now we're back to having a little bit of teacher interaction again, but it's been all over the board, just adjusting to this new, it's hard to even call it a routine, but we're trying to make one still for sure. 
Yeah, I can I can only imagine. I was just uh, chatting with a friend of mine who's in his 70s, and we were musing uh, about how for us as empty nesters, this is an entirely different situation than those of you a generation or so removed who who, who are dealing with a very busy and loud house rather than yes. a very a very quiet house. And and yet I know that, because I know you well enough to know this, I know that you're committed to trying to develop this rhythm that we talk about of inhaling, kind of receiving yeah. from God in prayer and Bible reading and silence and exhaling, which is service and hospitality. When when there's little kids and you're in a family situation and in your case as well, a spouse who's in healthcare, yeah, that's offering its own unique stresses. I'm wondering how finding that balance is happening for you. And I think whatever word you offer here is going to be encouraging and helpful to people, even if it's a struggle. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I think, to be honest, like my, my quiet times as a mom with young kids have not been what I picture. And I, I think I I carry even pre-coronavirus pandemic a lot of guilt over like, wow, I'm not having those candlelit mornings on a daily basis where I'm opening up the scripture and I, you know, read about simplicity and solitude and um, (laughs) those sound amazing, especially right now I would give my right arm for a little bit of solitude that doesn't involve shutting myself in the bathroom or in my closet or something like that, (laughs) but but I think, too, at the same time, I've just been thinking about how as a mom, I feel like we go rogue a little bit, even with the ideas of inhaling and exhaling. Like, it doesn't, it doesn't have to look like those long, quiet moments. And just realizing the way that I can connect with God just in the day-to-day, sometimes that looks like reading a passage from Jesus Calling at breakfast when I remember, or like this week, my eight-year-old was hoping to get baptized on Easter, and so she's working her way through a 10-page packet full of study about, you know, what baptism means and different scriptures about baptism, and it was a little overwhelming for her, so it looked like me just sitting down with her and both of us either listening to my phone app read the scripture and then talking about what it meant or her reading it to me and vice versa. And so um, it's a lot less formal than I would like as a person who desires a lot of structure. But still, it's been, God does continue to speak and honor the little things, the ways I try to make those efforts. And I think I, I often am worried I'm not doing it right or that my efforts don't don't count. And so I'm learning to realize, you know what, even these rogue ways of inhaling and receiving from God are important. Yeah, that's a really uh, good and important word. And I think particularly a good and important word for people who in this season aren't finding what seems stereotypically to be kind of this enforced solitude. I mean, that's what I see when I'm watching the news a lot is people just stepping out on their porch and singing the national anthem or cheering healthcare workers or something. And implied in that is we got nothing to do and it's eight o'clock. So let's go do a cheer. Right. But there's a lot of, I think there's a lot of people who are at home and far from having nothing to do, they have way more to do than normal because (laughs) their kids aren't at soccer, aren't at cello lessons, aren't in school. And, And so now your world has been turned upside down. I wonder as a mom, how you deal with that 
stereotypical idealized mom life that seems to be out there. I mean, you talked about the person with the candle and the Bible and the cup of, of tea who's just sitting there quietly. That could be super discouraging if that's some sort of ideal that moms oh, are shooting yeah. for. Yeah. And so how have you processed finding your own way in the midst of the high false expectations? Yeah, yeah. You know, I think as I was just pondering this week, how am I inhaling right now? The first thing that came to mind is getting outside, going on walks, going on runs, and being out in nature, looking for spring. I just feel like God has really met me there. There's so much imagery in His creation right now. So even just allowing that to be enough, Him speaking to me through um, the beauty of what he's made. Like this morning, for instance, it just felt so powerful. I was running through this neighborhood of, you know, back and forth sidewalks. And so when I was running one direction, there were these dark looming clouds because it's classic spring in Seattle right now where it'll rain and hail and be sunny all within the span of one hour. Right. But in one direction, I'd run and these clouds were dark and heavy and depressing. And then I turn around and go down the sidewalk in the opposite direction. And it was blue sky and light and hope. And I think it just was such a picture to me in that moment of what it looks like to turn and return and how like every morning as a mom, I'm waking up. Oh my gosh, it's like Groundhog Day. That wasn't a bad dream. We're doing this day again that feels so incredibly long and it's really easy to get discouraged and just feel totally overwhelmed by that like what are we making any forward movement toward anything and then to just with one turn realize oh christ christ is my center if there is hope we will get through this and so that was just kind of a, a beautiful way that isn't that classic sitting and lighting a candle in a dark room with my bible but still feeling connected and feeling God speak to me in his creation. That's a really good word for me as a pastor, because I think sometimes we unintentionally are teaching people that the means by which people encounter God is pretty narrow. And and in reality, when I read the Psalms, I go, wow, David finds God when he's on the run, uh, and people hate him and are trying to kill him. He finds God when he sits by a stream and ponders how God is providing water for the animals. David finds God in the text. David finds God in celebration. David finds God in lament. And if we can get that lens of looking for God on, then maybe God's there when the kids are screaming and the the, the kitchen sink is plugged up. And uh, yeah, there, there's all these realities. And then that would be super liberating, wouldn't it? I mean, if we could see God in, in more things, that would be delightful. Oh, yeah. Well, and I think I just, I have this fear and this burden right now for, for moms in particular, like the level of overwhelm is so great right now. The amount of things we're trying to carry, you know, making sure that our kids are educated adequately, that we have food in our house and that we're getting it safely. And then a lot of people are concerned about just their their jobs and whether they're going right. to have enough money to, to pay the bills. And so I think realizing that we can meet God in these other 
rogue ways is so important that it's not another thing that I'm not doing well enough by not lighting my candle and reading scripture every day, though I by no means do I want to to send the message that 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 isn't important. I think it's also really important for us to not give up before trying. I think, you know, as we hear all these great ways that we can be centering ourselves in Christ right now. I think it's easy to opt ourselves out too early before we even give it a chance. Like, oh, I can never make that happen. My kids will never cooperate. So I think it's a balance for sure to remember, you know what, we might, there might be some training we have to do to teach our kids, you know, you don't come out of your room till seven, mama's alone until seven, whatever it might be so that we don't, we don't give up before we even try. Well, I know that you have a heart for moms and helping moms live well in the real world. And right now, as we know, the real world is in a state that we've never seen in mm. any of our lifetimes. Yeah. And so I'm, I want to make sure that uh, I push people toward your blog. I know my wife loves reading regularly what you offer there because it so resonates clearly with folks. And because your blog isn't just about being a mom, but is also about caring for the body and food, I kind of want to turn a corner here and talk about caring for the bodily part of who you are. uh, Because I think sometimes we're so intent on serving that the cup just gets emptied. And yeah. then people break down or they get sick. And I remember one time I was burning a candle at both ends and then I got the flu and a congregant was actually kind of upset with me and challenged my poor self-care habits. And at first mm-hmm. I was really offended by that. But as I was laying in bed with a fever, I was convicted that this person was spot on and that, mm-hmm. that like I was guilty of neglecting my own body. And so as a mom with not just a full schedule, but a full kind of not schedule because kids yeah. <laughs> sometimes upset the apple cart. What principles would you offer to make sure that the, the cup of physical well-being stays full? Oh, it's such a good question. And this is something that I have been working so hard on just as a striver, a producer, someone who struggles with anxiety. I feel like I always need to be doing Something. And so rest has been really hard, a skill that I've had to learn. And I think, you know, it started even as simple as literally setting a timer and making myself sit and read a book on our front porch for 20 minutes. Wow. And this is, you know, while the kids were in school, so it's a, it gets a little more challenging to do now. But just as simple as that to make myself sit and realize this is okay, and this is good, and this is needed, and I'm a better person for it. That has been huge for me because I I definitely grew up under the ideology that I should be working all the time, and if it's not hurting, I'm doing it wrong. So just yeah, no pain, no gain, right? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And so I've really been working to to learn how to rest and to learn about self care, not being selfish, and um. And that's been hard. You know, I I alluded to it before, but we have been very stern with our kids and training them, stay in your room till 7 a.m. Because I need to wake up before my children. I cannot be woken by them and be in a good mood. So I've learned to set my alarm get up before them. What, however I end up spending that time differs. Some days it's exercise, some days 
you know, it varies, but doing the hard work of training the kids to do that, it, yeah. it has really paid off in the end, but it was not in- instant or easy. And right. I am constantly struggling with guilt when they come down the stairs saying, but I just want to snuggle. And I mean, that's so hard as a mom to turn down. It feels cruel, but just knowing for myself that need. And then now, especially with the kids home all the time, working to enforce a quiet hour, just where everyone does their own thing. And it's mostly quiet hour for me. I don't really care if the kids are being quiet or not. I just need them not to be bothering me. Yep. And so that's just the stuff that we've really worked hard with the kids and they have fought it. I mean, the saying is so true. It gets worse before it gets better. It's taken a lot of resolve for me to realize it's worth it to put up with the that I get when they right. are not wanting to leave me alone for an hour, but goodness, I don't think I could survive without it. <laughs> so it feels like uh, one of the takeaway principles as I'm listening is like, I think of that, uh, like those of us who travel, we've heard this like kind of a million times, put your own oxygen mask on first. Like if I, if I can't breathe, I can't help you breathe. Uh, And so for you, if you can't, if you can't be filled in some manner, Mm -hmm. then -hmm. you got nothing to give. And, and it's learning to do that in a way that is to find a rhythm to that. And for you, it sounds like that time before 7am is the is the is the manner in which that happens and maybe it's different yeah. for other people but everybody needs to find that and it would be interesting to to hear listeners respond to the question here's how i fill my tank like what, mm-hmm. what you know what's the it could be quiet in the evening it could be before the kids get up it could be a walk at noon uh, it could be gardening but somehow we all need that tank filling don't we oh for sure yes and then I, I, the other thing that I thought of as you as you chatted about our compulsive and driven nature is a few years ago, I was uh, teaching in Austria in the autumn in this little alpine community, and the cross country ski teams from Europe all would come to train in this in this village, and you'd see them and they're hiking up this hill, not running up the hill, just hiking at a pretty you know moderate clip, fast for me it would have been, but for them they weren't really out of breath. They were just kind of talking. And when I was able to chat with them, they said, yeah, you know, the worst thing you can do to try and get good is overtrain. And Mm. boy, I took something away uh, from my own spiritual and bodily well-being from that conversation where I go, yeah, these people who are like, if I don't have my quiet time, if it's not 20 minutes, if I, if I don't quiet my mind, <laughs> I, there's more anxiety in trying to perform for God yeah. than in just simply having this kind of slow study. You know what? I showed up mm-hmm. and, and I, I, there was a verse and yeah, I missed journaling for three days in a row or 10, whatever. God's not right. mad at me. I, right. The only one that's mad at me is me. And so if the pace was too much, I just need to slow down and realize overtraining is just as dangerous as undertraining. And mm-hmm. I, I think as particularly as evangelicals, th- there's a word there. I mean, for people who are kind of raised in kind of a quiet time mentality, the, the legalism of that can create yeah. an overtraining obsession that is not helpful to anyone, you know? no. 
Yeah, that's so true. It's a good word. So I think we all, those are lessons we all need to learn. Well, it's so great chatting with you. I want to make sure that everybody goes and reads kelseyskitchen.com and uh, begins interacting, particularly moms, but I find there's some great recipes on there as well because <laughs> you, you guys you guys love food and you are doing the work of caring for spirit, soul, and body as a couple as a mom and with your kids and so i want to thank you for that example and point people to you as a resource so thanks uh, for taking a few minutes with us today oh thank you so much for having me my pleasure absolutely all right this has been the toward wholeness podcast thanks everyone for joining us and we'll see you next time